talking about. So who here has started their kids back in school? How long have you guys been back in school? About three weeks? Man, so it's a, it's a new routine, huh? Getting kids to school, getting kids on time, going to work yourself, getting the meals made, getting everything planned. That takes some, some endurance to do, right? Some uh, preparation, some, uh, uh, some routine to put down on the books to do that, right? And it's, it gets harder three weeks, and you'd think you'd be cruising by now, but it just gets a little bit harder, right? So um, maybe some of you started a new job. Or start at school, like college or a college course, and you're trying to get a routine for that, right? Maybe uh, you're sending loved ones off to new beginnings. Maybe they're on a new journey, right? So I think that uh, endurance takes some time. Um, the definition of endurance is endurance is hard. Whoever r- ran a mile or even started school, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm messing my notes up. The definition of endurance, right? The fact or power of enduring an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving away, right? And I know people are like, oh, man, he's talking about endurance. Endurance is something that I don't want to hear in, in church because it's, uh, it's tough, right? No one, ever, never, no one ever trains to run a marathon or, or go work out or, or do what life is expected to do. No one ever is trained for that. But you go through that process of being to where you're at through those troubles and adversity, right? So... I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story, because I was in the Marine Corps, just like John and some other ones in here. Um, we, we go through a test called the Crucible, and the Crucible is uh, 54 hours. I thought it was longer, but I was going to say 54 hours of going through mental, uh, physical, and uh, endurance challenges, right? And it's over, I think, 54 miles, too, as well, that you, you go through hiking, and, and it's three days long, and you eat little food, and little rest, and you're in a, a little platoon, a unit, right, that you got to work together, and uh, you know how when you're tired and, and uh, worn down, that doesn't really affect if you're kind of angry that a person's not doing their slack, like that person's not holding up that rope, that person's not doing this, I'm doing everything, right? Well, I have a little story, before the crucible happened, and, and I was going to go on this crucible, I was at Camp Pendleton, and I did a no-no. And I have no, I've never told anybody about this, but I didn't know no. What I did was uh, saw Marines go down to the lower deck and steal MREs, right? And I, I didn't report them. They asked me about it. I said, I, didn't, I wasn't going to be a rat or a snitch, right? I was like, I'm not going to say anything. So I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. And um, what was crazy, what happened was we started the crucible, and somehow... They did this ransacking, but all, everything got all messed up, right? We had to put our tents back together. All my MREs for the weekend were gone. I had no food. I had no food for three days, right? And so I was like, man. So I was thinking, well, that's kind of karma, <laughs> right? It's probably karma that I'm going through this, right? So I, I didn't say anything. I did the crucible without eating nothing, and finally somebody, somebody felt sorry. Usually drill instructors don't feel sorry for somebody, right? They're probably like, oh, man, I haven't seen you eat at all. What are you, what are you doing, recruit twist? Uh, this, this Marine, does, or this recruit doesn't have any, you got, you got to talk in third person. This recruit, AJ twist, or twist, doesn't have any food to eat, uh, sir. And he goes, what? So he gave me his crackers. I had crackers, sugar, and coffee. But going through some endurance and, and knowing where you're at, so sometimes God will lead you through those trials, right, through that, that, that storm that you're going through with nothing but his perseverance, right? So I think that um, it's a crazy story, but 
I never told anybody that I was part of that situation, so I just confessed it right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take you to 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 13. This is the story of David and Bathsheba. In the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Job and the Israelites' army to fight the Amorites. They destroyed the Amorite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Late one afternoon, after his midday rest, David got out of the bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. He looked out over the city. He noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. He sent someone to find out who she was, and he, told, and she, and he was told she is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eom, and the wife of Uriah, the Heite. Then David sent messengers to get her, and when she came to the palace, she slept with, he slept with her. She had just completed the purification rites after having her menstrual period. Then she returned home. Later, when Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant, she sent David a message saying, I am pregnant. Then David sent word to Joab, Simi Uriah the Heite. So Job sent him to David. When Uriah arrived, David asked him how Joab and the army were getting along, and how the war was progressing. Then he told, oh man, I lost my spot. Then he told Uriah, go on home and relax. David even sent a gift to Uriah after he had left the palace. But Uriah did not go home. He slept that night at the palace entrance with the king's palace guard. When David heard that Uriah had not gone home, he summoned him and asked, What's the matter? Why didn't you go home last night after being away for so long? Uriah replied, The ark and the armies of Israel and Judah are living in tents, and Joab and the master's men are camping in open fields. How could I go home to wine and dine and sleep with my wife? I swear that I will never do such a thing. Well, stay here today, David told him, and tomorrow you may return to the army. So Uriah stayed in Jerusalem that day and next. Then David invited him to dinner and got drunk but even then, he could not get Uriah to go home to his wife. Again, he slept at the palace entrance with the, king, with the king's palace guards. So this is, I know it was a long, drawn-out process, but when it said kings were supposed to be off at war, right, David decided to stay back. So I, I think sometimes we find a lot. When we're supposed to do something God's asked us to do, sometimes we decide to stay back and not do what he's asking us to do, right? I think that in David's terms, he, it's, he, he spent 14 years of his life becoming king. He was anointed um, by Samuel, right? And it took him 14 years to become king. He was running around from Saul, and Saul wanted to kill him every time. Every time he had a chance to kill Saul, he said, no, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to go ahead and touch the anointed one from God, right? And he, he did that. So after 14 years, he think he's done this. Now he's king, and he's supposed to be off doing what he's supposed to be doing. He, he thinks he's arrived, right? He think, we think we arrived to that point where we could just go ahead and, and take a back seat and rest for a little bit. Even 14 years is a long time, you know? I, I don't know. My son's 14 now, and I feel like it's gone quick, you know? But 14 years is definitely a long time. So my first point is, Endurance takes selflessness. So what does that mean? Well, 
Endurance takes an act of selflessness. Sometimes, like what Sarah's talking about, I make her go to the gym. <laughs> uh, we've been doing the gym for about three months now. But every time she gets home, she's tired. I said, let's go to the gym. She hates my guts. But afterwards, she's like, that was good. I'm sorry, hates guts. Hates my guts is a rough word. But, <laughs> but at that point in time, she's like not really happy with me, right? But after we go through the process, right, I think sometimes we, we, are, we hold ourselves back by thinking what we deserve. We should, I had a long day. I had... Uh, this on my plate, I have all this stuff going on. I should just take a little bit of time for myself. I should just take a little bit of time just to sit down and, and don't worry what God's calling me to do. But that's not the truth. The truth is he wants you to go ahead and rise up out of that comfort to go do what he's asking you to do. I'm not saying that I watch movies like yesterday. Uh, Pastor Justin announced that he's preaching, right? And he, he didn't tell me, like, the time, but he told me that he's going to find out, like, uh, if there's going to be an online service or a live service that we can watch. And my son wanted to go watch a movie, so he went to go watch The Beast yesterday. And uh, it was a good movie. That's a movie about endurance and perseverance, right? It was pretty good because, you know, his lion uh, has two moral stories, two plots. Me and my son talked about it. But uh, his thing came up for me to watch while I was in the movie theater. I was like, oh, man, I really want to watch this message, but I'm watching this movie. So even I take some time to take a rest, take a, a chill pill. I said chill for a little online. <laughs> but take a chill and, and get back into the fight. Sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need, but don't stay there for long periods of time. He chose to do that. Uh, and I think that's when sin creeped in. Um, because if he was off at war, that would never happen. A lot of times when you know you're supposed to be doing something and things happen, you're like, wait a minute. I should have been doing this instead, right? All right. So... Follow me to James 1.3 in the NLT. And James is one of my favorite, um, favorite books because it was written six years after the death of Christ. And they don't know if it's James, uh, the, James or James's, uh, Jesus' brother. They, they're still trying to figure that out. But they, it's James wrote that Bible, right? And uh, what's good about it is that uh, it talks about how we should act as Christians, right, and how uh, when we get complacent, this is, you know, you start seeing this in the church and the body that people start getting complacent a little bit. So in James 1, verse 1, 1 to 3, I think, yeah. There are brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Oh, did I have the right one on there? Aha. I think I switched. That's okay. I'll read it out here. Here we go. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance and chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfectly, perfectly Perfect and complete, needing nothing. So I think, um, who, who likes trouble? I don't look for trouble. <laughs> I try to stay away from trouble all the time. I, I try to not even go, I mean, if it's coming my way, I try to avoid it. But somehow I'm a magnet sometimes for trouble. This happens, right? And so the other day when I was uh, at the ranch, we do some ministry at what's called Slave Free Project Ranch. And we're doing uh, cleaning up houses and uh, cleaning up there, yeah, paint, repainting the inside of the house and, and doing some work, right? And a, a new uh, person in faith came to come help and serve, right? And um, I know you had to get home, um, and I had to get home. 
And I left before he did on the road, and I was like, um, I, and I went to go pick up Kate in the opposite way, but in the road, this, this was in the road, right? On oh, one whining part, I barely missed it, right? It could have flattened a tire. So I pass it up, and immediately, I'm halfway down, and I know I had to be at a point in time without, um, without missing Caden from, from getting out of school, but the Holy Spirit told me to go back and pick that up out of the road, right? And so I went back and picked it up out of the road, and comes around the corner, here comes David in his van, and he waves at me, and he sees me holding this thing, and he goes, thank you, you know, because you could have been him that got hit by it, but, but so something that looks like trouble could be a, a test of, of how you handle it, right? Who's watching? Who's watching you uh, go through that adversity? Who's watching you go through that trouble? Who's watching you take care of the problem, right? And then what later on was cool about this tool is that on Saturday, uh, the carpet needed to come out of the rooms, right? And we, we couldn't find, like, a pry bar. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I got a pry bar. It's in my van. <laughs> so the, sto- the story, the more the story is that sometimes you get thrown trouble, right? And you pick up the trouble, learn how to deal with the trouble. And sometimes you turn that trouble back into a tool used for the kingdom of God, right? So I think that a lot of times we hold our, our adversity in because we don't, we, wanna, we, don't, we don't wanna show people how weak we be, right? But I tell you, in your weakness, you are strong, right? And then in your life journey, everybody has different life journeys. Everybody has different troubles, right? It's how you handle it, come out of it. It's for, meant for somebody else, not for us. Yeah. It's meant to use as a tool, a weapon in the kingdom for somebody else's purpose, right? Yeah. And so, so how many times we think that it, the trouble we're going through is about us, about who we are, about only us. But it's actually meant maybe for your kids, maybe for that coworker, maybe for that person on the side of the road. It's meant for you to live out your testimony, right? And that's the way to defeat the enemy. And, and um I don't have it on there, and I should have, but uh, one of my favorite verses, and I, I got to look it up. Oh, no. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's in Revelations. All right. Revelations 12.11. I'll read it from the NLT. Luckily, Revelation is the last chapter of the book, so we're good. Revelation 11, 12. I think I'm wrong. 12, 11. 12, 11. Yeah. All right. Awkward pause. Sorry. Is it? Oh, good. And they had defeated the, him by the blood of the la- blood of the lamb and by the power of the testimony. They did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. So I think that um, we're so afraid to tell our story. We're so afraid to tell our our um, situation because we look weak or or maybe we look like. We're not following what God's asking us to do. But I tell you what, man, God's doing something bigger in that story than you know. It's not maybe, maybe for that person next to you that's going through that same, same situation you are. You don't even know it, right? So 
pick it up, pick up your trouble, learn from it, and use it to defeat the enemy, right? I think also, um, somebody once told me, and I think it was uh, my friend Jeff, he goes, uh, I've been listening to a podcast, and there's, there's days that we think are hard and, and bad, but he told me there's no bad days, right? Even in loss, there's no bad days. This days we haven't been trained for yet, right? There's days we haven't been trained for, and that's what life is about, training you to do the things. And I, my, my nephew hates it when I say this. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different outcome, right? So we do that a lot. And we, so we got to get off that couch and start doing what we're supposed to be doing. So First uh, Psalms 51 through 12. Restore me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to you, obey you. And I, I put that with that verse because it ties into it. Um, restore me, right? And a lot of times in trouble, we're like, why us? Why we're doing this? But restoring me and then the joy of salvation, knowing that you're, you're paid for that, whatever you're going through is already paid for, right? And getting back up on that horse and start riding away again because you know that God has paid the ultimate price for your your, your body, right, your, 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 your soul, because he paid the price uh, on that cross. He died for our sins. And, and uh, to know that he doesn't want, he wants a better life for you. He wants you to learn from that and go back and do what he's calling you to do, right? And so the joy of salvation and make it, me willing to obey you. <laughs> That's what physical training is about, right? That's what uh, <laughs> uh, going to boot camp is about, uh, learning how to obey commands, you know? And when you first get... I know there's some in here like, why are you talking about boot camp? I've never been to boot camp, but there's some guys that have been to boot camp in here. But maybe football practice or maybe like uh, swimming practice or whatever, right? But when you first get there and you're first new, you don't know what to do, right? <laughs> you don't know how to walk or talk or do what they're asking you to do, right? And the same thing as life. When you get out there in life, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to walk, talk, or act right, right? And so being willing to listen to God and train you to do that is something that you have to die of self all the time, right? Even I do it. I mean, I have to, because me, me and Sarah fight sometimes. I don't know. I hope you guys know we do. We argue a little bit, but, but you guys swallow your pride and put it aside. So that's for me. That's for me. So endurance takes sacrifice. That's my second point. Endurance takes sacrifice. So to get where God's taking you, it will take sacrifice and commitment. It'll take a lot of sacrifice and commitment. Because I'm thinking like where I came from to where I am now, um, without sacrifice, I don't think I will be here. A lot of people think, well, well, you know, like I think when you look at somebody that's already doing something that you want to do, right, you don't see how they got there, right? You automatically think, well, they got there because of who they know or what they do, right? No, there's a certain thing in your life that God takes you through to get to the point you're at. So you really got to be willing to go through that sacrifice and that training. I think the, I get, the young kids get mad at me because there's Instagram fame, right? There's social media fame right away, and you start getting famous through that right away. And there's no work of that. That's just you being popular, right? But the true sacrifice comes when you have to go and maintain that later on, when you lose your, your beauty, you, you lose your essence, you lose your youth and try to maintain that, you know. I think that 
that's the hard part is that things will come fast, but without no sacrifice and endurance and training, you're not going to sustain that, right? And a lot of times we're a walk with, with following Jesus. We get into this mode of like, I'm going to do, 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 right? But then we get to a point where we get burnt out because it's not the pace that he wants to run you at, right? And I've been listening to a, po- a podcast as well as the Bible, but another podcast is called Primal Endurance, right? And it talks about heart rate. And, and a, lot of tra- a lot of people that train uh, marathon races uh, before in the past would train at a heart rate that was unsustainable. So they thought that the harder the heart rate is racing, uh, the better it will be at endurance. But they found out that most people sometimes will die from a heart attack later on in life because their heart can't sustain that. Their muscle can't sustain that, right? So I think that at a certain rate, I learned this too, like if you take your heart rate, 180 minus your age, which I'm 44 years old, <laughs> 44, but um, so my heart rate should be between, I'm bad with math, uh, 144, 148, I don't know, <laughs> bad with math, but it should be between 140, right, and when you're working out, you should maintain that heart rate 140, right, and because that, that muscle is designed to work at that heart rate, so if you your muscle's not trained, and you're running that race, what's going to happen? You're going to break it, right? You're going to pull something. You're going to tear something. So I think a lot of times we get into the, the point of running the race and sustaining our own power, but not the power of the Holy Spirit to sustain us through the situation, right? So I think the training is going through these little trials he's taking you through and getting better at those because later on, your endurance will be at that. And it talks about running the race right, right? It talks about running your race. And because you can't do what I do. You can't do what somebody else does because you're not them you are purposely designed to do what you needed to do through christ he's designed you he's needed you in your mother's womb he knows every hair on your head he knows your purpose before you even knew your purpose but the problem is we have this free will that says okay well i don't want to do what you're saying i want to be a stubborn person i'm gonna lock myself in my room and say no 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 right you gotta you gotta get away from that because he wants better for your life all right I think I jumped around way too much. <laughs> All right, we're going to do another long read. We're going to finish up David and Bathsheba, okay? So 2 Samuel eleven fourteen through 27. So the next morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and gave it to Uriah to deliver. The letter instructed Joab, station Uriah on the front, station Uriah on the front lines where the battle is fiercest, then pull back and that he will be killed. So Joab assigned Uriah to a spot close to the city wall where he knew the enemy's strongest men were fighting. And when the enemy soldiers came out of the city to fight, Uriah the Heite was killed along with several other Israelite soldiers. Then Joab sent a battle report to David. He told his messengers, report all the news of the battle to the king. But he might get angry and ask, why did the troops go, go so close to the city? Didn't they know... There would be shooting from the walls. Wasn't Abimelech, son of Gideon, killed at Tibbets by a woman who threw a milestone down on him from the wall? Why would you get so close to the wall? Then tell them, Uriah the Heite was killed too. So the messenger went to Jerusalem and gave complete report to David. The enemy came against us in the open fields, and he said, and said, we... Chased them back to the city gate, and the archers on the wall shot arrows at us. Some of the king's men were killed, including Uriah the Heite. 
Well, tell Job not to be discouraged, Jabez said. The sword devours this one today and that, and that one tomorrow. Fight harder next time and conquer the city. When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. When the period of mourning was over, David sent for her and brought her to the palace, and she became one of his wife. Then she gave birth to a son, but the Lord was displeased with what David has done. So this is, this is a man after God's own heart, and he's, 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 uh, he did something that was not just, right? And Uriah, the he if you look at it, I, I love looking at David's mighty man. That's some cool stories if you ever read that chapter. And Uriah Heite was really close to him in battle. Imagine like one of your one of your uh, members on your platoon or, or with you in, in the unit that fought with you and you sent him out to die, right? And uh he was one of those mighty warriors. <clears throat> I said, what, what does that have to do with endurance? I said, Well the consequences, what does that have to do with endurance, right? AJ, Pastor AJ, what does that have to do with endurance, right? Well, it has a lot to do with endurance because when you're tired and weak, you end up giving, up, giving in to the enemy, right? You end up giving in to your fleshly pleasures, your fleshly wants. You end up giving in to your, your, your desires that says those are bad, this is bad. You give in to it, right? That's what it takes about endurance. So he gave in to his, his desire because he wasn't off to war like kings should do be off to war, right? He gave in, and, and this is a man after his own heart, right? And if you look at David, David was... He repented, right? His son was taken from him, but he repented. He loved the Lord, and he was reestablished again, right? And a lot of us think that when we, get, we, we, we go and we, we, we uh, sin, we're so separated from Christ. We, we can't be back into his grace. And it's not true. It says to repent and come back into him, right? And so I, I think that this story does, talks about a lot about endurance because this is a this is chosen warrior of Christ, of God, right? And and he was chosen to be king, right? But he fell off the off the horse and got back on again. And we could do that same thing, right? We could do that same thing now today. Um, so and like endurance takes training. So this is my third point. Endurance takes training. That's something funny about this um, this message today. I was uh, finished with it, and I wanted Sarah to proofread it, and, and uh, she couldn't. She was sleeping. <laughs> so my son, Caden, was like, Dad, I'll, I'll proofread it, and this is embarrassing, right? My 14-year-old son proofreads. I think you should move this over here, and this is misspelled wrong, and this, is grammar, this grammar's off. I was like, great. I know, I'm, I'm weak in that area, but the humility to know that, right? But then I, I thought about that other way, the humility, but also the power God gave me in the fruit that I bear through a son, right? That he has those abilities I don't have, uh, those abilities to go out and spread the message I don't have, the abilities to do things greater than I could. So that's what it's about. Like, my trouble that I've troubled with all my life is something I'm, he's fixing in his lineage, Right? And so he's producing fruit in those situations. So that's what we're, that's what it's about. It's not always about us. It's about the person that's coming up around it, right? So, yeah. How did I lose so much? I don't even know where I'm at. Yeah. So. Biggest thing I want to get through this message is that 
my friend gave me a hat I was supposed to wear today, but Sarah's like, it doesn't match your outfit. And it says, <laughs> I was like, it doesn't match my outfit. It was like camo, right? And it says, I'm a hope dealer, hope dealer, right? And I was like, I'm going to wear it. I was going to show you, like, the biggest thing I want to on this message is that each one of you have a story. Each one of you got the gospel spread, and you could share the hope of Christ through your tribulations, right? You all got a, a story to tell somebody, right? You all are are able to spread that message and just knowing that you can do that, right? So that's the biggest thing. Um, but I also want to share another verse we call Romans 5, Romans 5, 3 through 4 through the NLT. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confidence, hope of salvation. And this hope will lead will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Mm, that's good. Like, we talked about running the race. It's, it's a long race, right? And uh, we can't accomplish everything. I love, and that's what I, I probably gonna, every time you hear me preach, I'm probably going to bring it up, but there's a Francis Chan show this depiction of life, right? He had... Uh, huge rope, right, and he had this small part right here, and he's like, this small part right here is your lifespan, right, <laughs> this is how far you got to run, it's for this, we never worry about this over here, this is what we're running the race for, is this over here, we're just worried about day to day and getting there, but it's okay, we set, day to day is a new day, we got breath in our lungs, we can do what we need to do, but we're always so worried about each cycle, 10-year, 10-year, 10-year. Like I thought we talked about this morning about our kids, how fast 14 years go, right? But it's about, don't worry about that. It's for his salvation later on that you're working on, right? So <clears throat> I'm going to share 2 Timothy 1 through 7. For God has given us a spirit, wait, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power of love and self-discipline. This is so when it talks about James and it talks about temptation, it talks about there's ways for you to run from it, right? Like King David, he could have ran. He could have, like, went the other way and run, right? Just like, um, was it Jacob? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm going to say that. But you could run from temptation. God gives you a way out. And we could look the other way and go the opposite way. But it takes self-discipline. And the only way I know about self-discipline is it takes training. Like, you have to teach yourself self-discipline. You got to be able to go through that road of process of self-discipline. And then he says, give us a spirit of fear and timidity, so t uh, of not fear and timidity, right? So when you spread the message, don't be fearful, just do it. When you, you tell, tell somebody the hope of Jesus Christ, don't be scared of the outlash, just do it, right? Because I think we get so hold up in the fact of uh, what are they going to say? doesn't matter. doesn't matter what they say. So... So, the last final point is endurance takes Jesus. Because we can't do it on our own. <clears throat> we can't do this on our own. We need Jesus. So I could bring the worship team up. I went too fast. <laughs> yeah, Jesus wants to do so much more in and through your life by giving you the gospel to share hope with others, right? Yeah. 
So think about this. We have this hope and message in, our, in, in the word that we're, we're following, right? And so he wants to use your ability to share the testimony, to spread, spread it to others, right? And I'm just hoping that with this message that you guys will get the hope to go out wherever your workplace is, wherever you're, you're called to do for the week and spread the message, you know? I think your, your business, when you touch people's lives, right? Your mechanic shop where you're out there in the community, um, going to school, taking your kids to school. The biggest place is taking your kids to school, and you have parents there, and sometimes they're going through stuff that are no hope, right? I think the funny thing is I used to be very ashamed to say, hey, Jay, what do you do? Mostly I teach at UCD. I'm kind of a pastor. I, uh, I would say everything else besides saying I'm a stay-at-home dad because I was embarrassed by um, what the world thought of a stay-at-home dad. But you know what? If you're a stay-at-home dad and that's your calling, it's okay. You have ability to be used by going into your community and where you're at and it's affecting other people, right? So I think that don't be worried where you call to be, right? Use it. Here we go. Sorry. It's only my second time. <laughs> it's only my second time. I can start singing, but you guys don't want that. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Just, just take in what you've heard today. Take in the worship. Take in the communion. Take in. Let's breathe in. Let's take everybody take a deep, deep breath in. Feel his presence, right? Feel, feel the Holy Spirit. He wants to use you. to use you where you're at. He wants to use your life. He wants to use your kids. He wants to use your relatives, your friends. He wants to use your trouble to share the hope and message of Christ. Not just to here, but everywhere. Nothing the enemy can do could separate you from the love of God. Nothing the enemy could do that can separate you from his grace. Once you say yes, Jesus, my Lord and Savior, there's nothing that anybody can come between you and him. You profess with your mouth and your tongue and you need before him, right? He is your Savior and your life is his. You may be run from it, but sooner or later he's going to catch up to you. And he's going to put you back where you're supposed to be. So, I just want to, uh, for anybody in here that hasn't accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want to pray with you. I want, I want you to, even online, I want, whoever's online that ever received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, I want you to raise your hands and I'll pray over you to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, thank you for the day.
Thank you for the breath in our lungs. Thank you for the message that you provided us, Lord. Let us not fall on deaf ears. Don't let us waste time, Lord, because we know it's for eternity. I pray whoever raised their hand, that they be filled with your spirit, Lord. They know who they are, the new creation. They live that way, Lord. I pray that the blood of Christ falls on them and they know who they are, separated by the heavens and the earth, that they're yours and protected, Lord. I pray that they know and follow their footsteps designed for them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Our, uh, our Savior in heaven. Thank you, Jesus. serve our families or serve our community or serve our workplace i pray that you give us the endurance and with the ability to abide in you as we step forward thank you guys and have a great blessed week amen